Hello and welcome to the No Holds Bar Witchcraft Podcast, episode 84. We're getting closer and closer to 100, Chris. It's scary, isn't it? I know, right? <laughs> People actually listen to this shit. People do listen to this. People listen to us. And the, the good thing is, is that people listen to us on the Spotify and the iTunes and the YouTube, and then they go over to the Patreon, and then we get paid. That's brilliant, isn't yeah. it? Yes. I have always wondered why our ratings are so low and on the analytics, but I think actually this podcast does a lot better than quite a lot of people's podcasts still. Because most people just listen for the free stuff, but it seems that all of the people that listen, most of them, a good portion of them, really want to know what happens on the second half on the Patreon bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so when I say that the the term I suppose clean magic to you, what does your mind what do you think of? Where does your mind go? Do you think of disposable gloves and biologicals? Or where <laughs> where does your mind go? Well, there's kind of two places it goes. And they're both in the same kind of vein, I guess. Um, the first of those is, I know you jokingly said rubber gloves, but that kind of way where it's untraceable, that kind of rather than kind of wearing rubber gloves because it's dirty i mean kind of wearing rubber gloves because you don't want to leave any fingerprints behind oh you watched my triple binding video on the thoth tv didn't you because that's what i use some rubber gloves for on there you're stealing my bit you're stealing my pit you i love a disposable gloves are you under the are you under the impression i actually watch your shit Well, I'm not, I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but it has been quite the video. It's one of our most popular ones and it's inspired many people to go binding random bitches. I'm very proud of myself for corrupting so many love and lighters. <laughs> I mean, I haven't got them hexing in the cursing yet, but I mean, there's a next step. I mean, I've got them to do naughty magic. There's always time. But, um, yeah, wait for the next video. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the second version of clean magic for me is where it doesn't require additional so that kind of astral level magic and beyond um where you don't need to have anything to you to actually do the work so, and I obviously don't mean petition some deity to jump in and do it for you. I mean, where you do all the manipulation at an astral point um, or beyond an astral point to actually produce produce magic with no uh, physical aspect, shall I say? Oh, okay. So purely energetic or astral yeah. and above. Yeah. So what makes you feel that that's clean then? Is it literally because you don't have to use your hands at all and therefore no possibility of getting them dirty? Exactly. Or is it because you're a ceremonial magician magician secretly and you just get the spirits to do it all for you? (laughs) To that all I say is fuck off. (laughs) 
Well, I mean, there is some precedence. Um, you sent Egyptian deities out after people before? No. And the cat doesn't count. <laughs> oh, of course it doesn't. No, the cat doesn't count. It doesn't count if you, unless you tell it to specifically go and do it. If it just yes. intuitively does your bidding, that don't count, does it? As yeah. we all know, clearly. If, yeah. if, it intu if it intuitively does it without me having to utter some kind of attack word, no petitioning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no petitioning, just the look on your face. Yeah, the look on my face. If that's enough to cause devastation, then that's that's not me at all. Okay. So clean magic, to me, what? reminds me of cars. Right? Yeah. Because I used to drive a lot of vans, right? I've mainly okay. always driven vans, not so much cars. And when you take your van to the garage, you take it for servicing and MOTs and all that sort of thing, it goes there dirty and it comes back somewhat clean on the outside, but under the bonnet, it's all greasy and dirty still, right? If you have a yeah. premium car, when you get a brand new car or a premium car, if you open the bonnet up, lift the bonnet up, it's all really spanking and clean in there. And everything looks kind of beautiful from an engineer's eye anyway. It all looks kind of beautifully designed, right? But okay. after a couple of years down the line, when you still take that back to have it service, they clean it. They clean under the bonnet, Chris. They make it all nice, mm -hmm. right? And okay. under the bonnet to me is spells the intricate part of spells you know you see the effects of spells and you see all these fake spells that get put on instagram um and the tiktok don't get me started on the tiktok i downloaded the tiktok i shouldn't have done it i know i shouldn't have done it but i did it oh, okay. and i was disgusted with what i've seen anyway i'm not going to go into that but the structures of spells a clunky spell is kind of like one of those, not a modern French car, but a French car that's been around. It's literally got duct tape on it to keep it from, you know, malfunction and stuff like that. I see a lot of people's spell work is unclean in the form of it being clunky and not very well thought out. And I know that comes probably from most of the television folks of, well, it's all just magic, utter a couple of words. I normally accidentally do magic. This time I'm going to try and do a little bit of magic, which really just means that I'm going to think a little bit about what I'm doing. There's no real art or craft to it. Um, and you get some very anal people, mercurial types, that like everything just so. Um, but in terms of the spellcasting, the magic and the clean magic, I very much see as it as the engineering type you know no one's gonna go in the utility cupboard but you still want that utility cupboard clean you still want all those cables on the cable tray equally spaced with nice tie wraps they're all color coordinated all that that sort of thing no one's gonna see the server room but everything needs to be labeled and everything needs to be it needs to be a logical work of art that's how I see clean magic. 
I kind of go to the perspective of forensics, which I think is a little bit what you were picking up on as well, with the idea of not really leaving your own signature on it, clean magic. But I'd liken that more to incognito magic. Um, but I think most people would probably consider clean magic or use the term clean magic to describe magic that can't be traced back. But um, I think I think mine is a mixture of what you're what you're getting at with the car analogy of the engineering part. For me, it kind of has to be all done. It's not enough for it to just be astrally done or above. Mm. It's more a case of that it's so efficient. Yes. So and, and probably, balanced. I wouldn't go as far as saying, um, you know, all the all the uh, the wires are tied up in pretty bows, but I would I would be proud of that practice. So it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be just any old mess. Of a professional but, standard, Chris? <laughs> mine would just be... The difference with mine is mine would be more likely a mural rather than actually um, a, a well-oiled machine. Mm. Um, you wouldn't be able to follow it back based on the fact that you just don't have that level of skill. But then I could say the same and looking under the bonnet of a car. So, yeah. To me, that is like talking, you know, double Dutch. So like, I don't know. It's all is it structured in an unstructured way? Is that what you're saying? Or are you saying that it's it's balanced and not open to getting messed about if the wind changes? Because I see so much spells, yeah. so many spells that aren't stable spells. It's like, yeah, they yeah. kind of works under the right conditions. Let's hope these conditions don't change. Oh wait a minute! Things change all the time. My spells manufacture um, malfunction, not quite manifesting properly. These ongoing spells are, are can be a bit like that, um, because the nature of the universe is that things move about. <laughs> Energy is yeah. constantly moving about, and that, and I find unstructured spells are kind of like if I if I go to. Um, if I go to a stream and or a river and I get a little boat and I push the boat from the shore in the direction of the other side of the river, I'm thinking when well, I've pushed it in the right direction and I've applied enough force to think that I'm getting there, but then but the I'm wind picked up and it started kind of going and veering off. I find that unclean magic. Yeah. Um, from a from a religious perspective, um, unclean offerings and unclean magic and uh, magical practices and that would often be considered to be blasphemous types of evil, maleficent, dodgy practices. So I think the idea of unclean spirits, working with unsanctioned spirits, um, unclean offerings, unclean ritual preparations, all that sort of thing, can also be applied because people would say an unclean work in traditionally would be probably from a religious perspective. But I don't really think of it like that, hence why it's an afterthought, and I'm only bringing that up now when it's popped in my brain. No, I think it's a, I think it's a useful comment. Um, but yes, my brain doesn't automatically go there either. 
Um, but that's because I don't... I would still consider that clean magic to be not... Um, would be deity free, like in that sense. Mm. Um, you know, unless you have <laughs> direct access to that particular deity's energy um, and don't need any kind of provision, uh, any kind of permission, because um, that's obviously different, which is why I was including the astral and above um, every time I mentioned that comment, because obviously the kind of astral level of uh, of producing um, spell work is just one of many levels. It's just mm. we, it's the only one we tend to talk about because it's the only one that most people have the pleasure of even considering, let alone mastering. Um, but that's me going super witch again, making those kind of sweeping comments. Right. So let's go and do something a little different and let's talk about some uh, hypothetical big-ish. I don't want to go big, but big-ish witch stuff, yeah? Okay. And what I want to do is I want to see your approach to a clean magical working because we can probably guess what someone with the... Uh, an undisciplined mind might go for, for a magical work. Now, imagine you, and I know you might not want to do this, but just imagine you decided to take down an organisation. Because I've been, I've been petitioned to, uh, to do this, right? Someone's asked me to do this as a freebie. They're not willing to pay. They feel that I should be contributing towards... Uh, good stuff happen in the world right and there's this certain organization i'm not going to say the name but i'm gonna i'm gonna show you this chris can you see that yes there's a very corrupt okay yeah this this is very corrupt apparently from what i'm told and okay. if you wanted to break down that organization and breaking down of an organization of that big with many layers and knock-on effects and such, is a bit of an undertaking. Not so much magically, but in terms of seeing how that impacts the rest of the world, you know, and other people, yeah. including potentially yourself. So, clean magic, where would you go if you were going to do a working or a magical operation of that variety to take down that specific organisation? Because I have some ideas of what I would do. Most of my ones would have to be fun for the simple reason that I ain't getting paid for it. Therefore, efficiency isn't my priority. <laughs> Me having enough fun to not charge for it would have to be the only way I go. Because charity isn't really my cup of tea and someone crying about terrible things happening to them and their family and people that they care about isn't really enough to drive a robot to do something. Right. First thing I'm going to say before I answer your question is, do we not do enough for free? Do we not give enough charity? Well, we teach a mentor, okay? And people say that, that, that they appreciate that. 
but the only people that really can appreciate that are people on a magical path mundane okay. when mundane see someone with power and ability what they look at which is stupid i know but they're mundanes they look at they think, the idol. you can do something about that so why don't you which to me of course because it you know looking at it from my perspective i don't care enough to do it you know it's not like yeah. i like that organization but at the same time i understand if that organization goes another one's going to come along you know it's in the nature of this universe that we live in um is how things are kind of set out so i don't care enough unless i perfectly i'm personally annoyed but from the mundane's perspective all they see is you have power to fix these very big problems why don't you do it you know because it's boring well that too hence why it's i said boring. if i did it i'd have to make it super fun boring okay um okay let me shimmy this so okay I'm going to have to just work all this out live because you have time to think about these things. Whereas I just, I just get fucking asked in the middle of a. Well, you're a super witch. Boarding. You should just okay. be able to click your fingers and do it now. Well, I could do, but I wouldn't be able to explain how I do it, which is the problem. Well, um, would you prefer me to give your outline and then what I'll do is I, I'll ask questions. Okay. Well, one that's you're basically asking to overthrow a government is essentially what you're asking me to do <laughs> with that particular um choice of uh organization that's yeah. hardly like you know trying to get rid of a, a supermarket or something <laughs> that is that is trying to overflow so the biggest problem you've got there is that that is so integrated into not just its own channels, but <laughs> culture as a whole, one would culture say. Culture as a whole, internationally accessible. Okay. Well, I said it was big-ish magic, Chris. Okay. Um... I love it. This is like trolling Chris in a way that we don't normally do. Normally I set him up, but this is a different kind of setup. I quite like this. We might have to do this more often. No, I don't <laughs> think that's good. Okay. I just, I'm conscious of dead air and that's, that's the only thing. So the, okay. I'd probably go, and you'll probably judge me for this, as will everybody else. I would probably go the plague method. Oh. And I'd probably hit every aspect of it at, simultaneously. Oh, so this isn't a biblical plague of like a consistent flooding of something and then a retraction and a flooding of something else. This is just like a basically attacked from all directions, is it? Yeah, but not in a wasteful way. Because right. obviously we're talking about clean magic. I'm talking about um, looking at the network 
and cutting every structural point that is required right for that pyramid to stay up right and only hitting those but hitting them all together so but would you do that in one operation or would you do that stage by stage bit by bit because a beginner would probably have to do it bit by bit wouldn't they but would no. you want to do it all at once and then go and have a cup of tea yeah because you know or... at the end of the day i don't care i'm still with you i don't care enough to actually do anything about it so right. this would have to be as efficient a session as possible right and i possibly while the kettle is boiling okay so because i don't really want to have to waste any more time than that so um, no physical spell casting involved no i'd go straight straight for <laughs> okay yes i would i would release that way um i'm kind of thinking not biblical plague but i'm thinking you know one of my favorite stories of uh seth met going feral that kind of would you would you get something would you get that. That, would you get your cat to do it for you is that what you're saying here because I'm not sure I consider a bloodbath to be clean magic, if I'm honest with you. I mean, it's clean in the form they leave nothing left standing, but at the same time, there is a mess afterwards. Well, there's going to be a mess because we've just toppled a government. I'm just saying that obviously you'd you'd only hit. Uh, what I'm saying is large amounts of impact in very key positions. Is what I'm saying. Right. So so obviously we get the concept, everyone that's listening, that nature abhors a vacuum. So are you concerned in any way, shape or form of filling that vacuum? Or is it just you're a demolition expert and you don't do the building part? Well, no one in in the version that you've just told me, no one asked me to say that I needed to make the world a better place afterwards. No, you don't need you to make the world a better place. You don't need to make the world a better place. It's just that the mundane that's asking knows no better and just presumes that the world would be a better place by getting rid of this organisation. And like all of the hoodoo queens out there, you pay me, I'll do it. Or in this case, you don't pay me, I'll do it anyway as a freebie. Yeah. I'd, <laughs> I don't think... The reason I would never touch that particular organisation is because in some ways it, it is a better the devil you know situation mm, yeah. so therefore i would have never bothered with it so me personally i see that as a complete waste of my energy but if you're telling me i have to do it then it needs so to be you, efficient you're saying sometimes it's better to just leave the village pervert there because everyone knows that he's a creepy old pervert and actually if yeah. you got rid of him there may be other another pervert would have to move less. in yeah that are less suspecting so yeah. because you were deciding hypothetically to go ahead with this work i'm very curious as to whether you would leave your signature there or you would scrap it because you're ashamed of doing the work <laughs> so would you own up to it energetically speaking and, and not necessarily make a big thing of leaving a calling card 
is not necessarily going to be something you'd add to your CV. But at the same time, you're not going to do it anonymously, are you? Or are you? I don't know. With that particular organisation, I probably... I, d I don't know. I um, I don't feel the need to market, mm. but at the same time, I don't think I'd spend all that much worrying about somebody finding out. Because at that access point, I'm, I'm trying to think who or what level of practitioner would have to be there to go looking. But that's the level of practitioner that you would, you wouldn't really care about the beginner level or possibly even intermediates. But when you get to a more advanced level, you will be essentially at the Christmas party, the one they always bring up. <laughs> Chris did that thing, remember? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, is I'm it going to be more... embarrassment? Obviously, it's not going to be fear, but would it? Would you go so far as to remove an signature because you're embarrassed of the whole operation, that you'd stoop so low as to do that? Or would you leave it there and just come up with a good excuse as to, well, I was having an off day and I just felt like it? Yeah, I think so. But the main reason I think no people would give a shit is because most people would be in the same boat we are, which is why the bother, why bother? So I don't so think, you think even people when... automatically chalk it down to, ah, oh, Chris was having a bad day. Yeah. Okay. I think so. But upon the destruction of this organisation, the, the way you choose to do it, would that be in sync with what Chris, how Chris would normally operate if he was having a bad day, because your forms of accidental no. magic carry a certain operational style as it is, doesn't, don't they? So would you utilise that, or would you go something oh, different? You, you mean would I, <laughs> would I overread the pudding, the pudding, yeah, just in order to make it look like I was having a bad day, yeah, so that nobody questioned it. Yeah, I, th I feel like we're already giving it more thought than I would ever give it. Right. Um, so, no, I don't think I would care enough to make it look like an accident. Okay. You ain't going to make it look like an accident. You don't care about anyone finding out. He'd potentially be somewhat embarrassed, but he'd probably be just one that you'd shrug off in there. Yeah, I feel I feel like the only person that would probably <laughs> probably rag me for it would be you. So... <laughs> uh, I don't know. Possibly only if only if it did. Uh, obviously, if it was a tender. I would definitely, just because it's tender, but automatically, unless I thought that it would annoy you then now. Um, but ultimately, obviously, we have to remember, our listeners, that he hasn't actually answered the original question of how he would go about doing it, his methodology, his magical stuff. He know we're not, he's not doing a physical spell casting, so he ain't even lighting any candles, are you? So what no, form are you yeah. taking to destroy this great institution? 
so to me so going back to the mural suggestion that we were talking about earlier to me i would have to paint that representation representation so i would have to be able to pin down what the what the beast actually looks like mm. and then systematically destroy it um is essentially how it work would work um but i'm trying to think of the best way to explain how that actually works so that somebody could actually follow the process so for a start it means having an understanding logically of what you believe the institution to be so is yeah. it literally just a brand is it an office you know what is that and then just just when you've decided what that is because there could be for example um it could have offices and buildings that are named after it and you're not necessarily caring about destroying those buildings they can go on it just means that some other corporations just going to have their offices in it and that certain house or or office is going to have the same name like the um east india trading company there's yeah. still you know logos of that on buildings and stuff like that but that institution died a, a long long time ago um well, most most people will focus on the idea because obviously when they look at it something like this yeah. what they're thinking i mean is that i'm breaking that down into iconography yeah. um in terms of is it a logo or a brand or something like that so when oh, i say we I'm... are now officially out of time so i'm very sorry and if you want to hear the rest of it you'll have to go on patreon off witchcraft patreon which we're now on so you can carry on talking unless you forgot your trailer okay. fall because i think we're near no, no, the no. end of this segment <laughs> I can I'm tell good. you're getting bored. <laughs> good. The um, yeah. So most people would be thinking I'm referring to, you know, drawing a picture of the logo or something like that. Um, in this kind of words have power and logos mean this and sigils, blah blah blah. Um, whereas that's not what I'm actually talking about. I need to represent an. Out on the astral so I'm, I'm painting well it's a bit higher than that but the I'm painting the picture of what I see the beast to be mm. so where it, all its tentacles are um, almost personifying the actual um, thing as if it was an entity um, that it was some kind of you know beast with multiple heads and arms and so tentacles the, it's kind of the personification of the schematic of that organization yes. so like i said my my process is very abstract yeah liam's will be a finely a finely worked machine where he can uh you know draw it down on a a checklist uh, it'll be a checklist, a checklist. <laughs> <laughs> whereas to me i have to be able to see all of it mm. so that i can see its extent how big is it um and then kind of you know finding where the weak spots are and focus the energy at those almost like acupressure points and you apply enough pressure in those things and it all goes boom okay 
So in terms of what you're doing with this, I'm presuming you're operating on a level where you can just manipulate things. So there's not really a huge amount of raising of energy and directing it, presumably. No. Well, you're, so you're talking no. about just being able to reach out to each. Once you have all of those things compiled together, the schematic of the organisation, just reaching out quantum entanglement yeah. to a certain extent whereby you manipulate that structure and it has a domino knock-on effect of everything yeah. that's linked to because a, an entity that big has so much of its own energy why would i be throwing anything at it um all you're doing is redirecting where the power is going mm. um so you're flicking a few switches and letting the oh, whole so thing starve it fall down so ah okay well, I said plague. Yeah. So to me, I see that more as rat infested. Yeah. Everything's feeding off it until it starves to death. But, you know, that's that was it's... just the first idea that came to my mind at that point. Okay. So this is less autoimmune of it destroying itself and more actually everything in its vicinity feeding off of it, presumably. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I probably right. have gone for more of the autoimmune. Yeah, um, I knew you would. But then that's my style. This is where they then... Oh, they'll start blaming me for autoimmune diseases and stuff like that now. I get blamed for all sorts of things, Chris. You can understand how these witches used to get hung and stuff, can't you? I mean, yeah. I am flattered with some of the things I get accused of. But in all honesty, I don't have that much time on my hands, even if I was being efficient, to get through the massive Rolodex of some of the stuff I've been accused of over the past year or so. Um, let's go on a different on, on a different topic then, still on the clean magic, but one that I think... I thought we'd get more questions on, I'm not going to lie. Um, not recently, but overall, since we were doing the kind of reaching out education things. But I think this is possibly because we don't have a huge amount of ceremonial magician style people at the moment. And that's the idea of the whole cleaning and purification of the person in order to do magic, which you find sometimes in some witchcraft. But you tend to find a lot more in ceremonial magic, which stems from perhaps the Judeo-Christian oh, I am not worthy to be in your presence, oh Lord, types. I was wondering what your take on that is, what your take on purification and, and the cleanliness of... Because there's logic in terms of washing your hands before you cook a meal, but at the same time, you can go a bit too far, can't you? <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm one of those, you know, we have so many superbugs um, because people keep their homes too clean. Mm -hmm. Um is is kind of the process so you know there's always should be at least one surface in a room that is cleaned less regularly than the rest just so that it, the good bacteria is able to get around that you know there is something to attack your system um and i didn't mean good bacteria as in yakult i mean good bacteria <laughs> as in the, the less mean things um so, yeah, so I'm, I'm one of those that doesn't like to operate in a clean room. Again, nature abhors a vacuum. Um, so, you know, I struggle with that. 
I also struggle with the idea of purifying myself. I feel if I purified myself, I'd be of no use to anybody. Um, well, you would lose the will to do the work, wouldn't you, I guess? Because you'd be in that yeah. state of balance. So, you know, I feel like I'd turn into one of those uh, neo-Nazi vegans. Um, <laughs> like, my body's a temple. Um, yes, uh, it's a strongly built one with a stout, soddy, a so solid foundation. Um, and I'm not about to weaken it. Um, it's a foundation of gout <laughs> <laughs> from all of that Rude. wine and cheese. <laughs> Rude. Rude. Oh, come on, I had to say it. <laughs> oh, I had a case of gout, not personally, but I've got a client that approached me with a case of gout. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so, this is so last century. Things like that excite me, you see. Um, Okay, so so the idea of oh Lord, I am not worthy. This religious style of magic, I want to pick that up because there's some interesting perspectives that you've kind of hinted at. I think, and I want to see whether I'm right about this. When you do the whole purification thing, and I've seen this been told in witchcraft to to enter the circle clean and you know with all the good intentions stuff like that i've been one which is kind of a bit more like well actually that's almost like a performance at that point if you're behaving differently that's kind of like going to grandma's 80th birthday party you're on your best behavior it's not really you is it you know yeah you're probably not you're normally fairly scruffy but you put on a nice shirt you be polite you know, kiss granny on the cheek, even though that might have been somewhere really rather different merely hours earlier. Um, and it all seems a little bit kind of false. And I think we can kind of both agree that the kind of idea of purifying yourself to the point of, oh, I'm not worthy of you, spirit deity at the end of the day if a spirit and deity wants you to worship it on its knees it does so only to make it easier to stick its cock in your mouth right <laughs> it, it is literally i mean come on it is a case of you are lowly you know there is that that sort it is that sort of a spirit relationship that it wants with you and not a kinky yes. hot one we're not talking it's about that. We are one. talking about the kind of wrong and type. Take, 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 but no give, 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 you know. Um, whereas the other idea of, well, actually, purifying yourself as in preparing for a big work in that you're doing and planning and all that sort of thing, I can, I can get on board with that because as they do say, like we were taught in college, planning prevents piss poor performance it so does. that i can there get is, there is one exception to this rule it's not mm. one it's not one i personally do obviously because i don't particularly do that kind of work but there is that there is about preparing a vessel uh, when you're doing any kind of i'd call that calibration in invocation <laughs> work 
but I wouldn't call that purification mm. because that's not necessarily what's required. Um, you know, like you say, that it's more of a calibration thing. You are preparing it, preparing a vessel for uh, receiving. Um, something modern that practitioners used to being held into that space. Modern practitioners, particularly the academically inclined, read the term purification rites, think about the priests and priestesses and all that sort of thing of the ancient world and think, ah, purification, thinking that it is more of a, from a religious perspective. You can probably thank the kind of Abrahamics for this idea because they're big ones yeah. for that. Um, but actually, realistically, from a magical perspective and the theory and practice of magic and the workings of the operation, it is more calibration. I tend to use the word calibration because that's how I've always described it. There's probably other ways that you could describe it, but it is essentially, okay, I can do a lot of things with my computer, but I need to open the right programs, install the right software, get it ready, because it's not quite ready at the moment. It needs a slight recalibration, needs a slight alteration in order to be best suited for this specific and it will be a specific work that I'm doing. So if you're the seat of a specific being, deity, spirit, then it may mean that you need to calibrate yourself to be able to withstand and hold that energy, which is one of the reasons why you tend to find quite a lot of particularly mediums gravitate towards one specific energy current and can't do multiple because they're naturally attuned to an energy and they cannot recalibrate to other things, yeah. um, which is a shame, but you don't have as many all-rounders these days as you used to. No, and I obviously I find calibration is the perfect word, but my brain wouldn't go there because it's too much of a tech word for me. Um, it's too much of an engineering word. Well, it's robot so speak. <laughs> it's robot speak, so I, I wouldn't necessarily go there, but that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's that kind of, have you prepared the nuclear reactor before you stick the plutonium in? Mm. It is that kind of, is it going, are its containment fields going to work? Um, is it capable of holding that energy and how long can it do? And also, how are you planning to actually translate? So, you know, that's where the planning part comes in, is who, who, the, who the fuck is taking notes um, while you're not currently in that body? So, you know, it's it's one of it's one of those things that, yes, I would consider that somewhere in the line, uh, the closest thing I would probably get to purification, but that's for a very specific type of work. Well, I think it's the ATRs um, or people of the African traditional religious types that do ceremonies they often refer to things as the horse is getting tired and the strain that certain um being the seat of a certain spirit can have on the physical body and calibration is something that actually specializations within uh, not necessarily cult lodges but mystery schools um priests and priestesses of the ancient world it was a case of where you actually train in order to hold that energy and you do to a certain extent you'll specialize from that perspective because you've gone through the stage of you can hold that 
stronger than the average person can. And there's a myriad of ways that you can go about recalibrating. And there's uh, lots of reasons why you would really need to do that and why it would be beneficial to do that. Um, but that's Obviously, a podcast all in itself. Obviously, personally, I prefer uh, animal vessels, which is why mm. I work that way, mainly because most animals are better connected to those other worlds than we are. So yeah. the transition is easier um, because they already spend half their time in those states um, where they're driven by in pure instinct. So, you know, I find that transition is smoother for an animal. Um, also, it, it is more aware of what it, its body requires than we are. Um, we have rules for it and guidelines that we create on the assumption of an actual um, imaginary ideal. Um, but we don't actually know our bodies in the way that animals do. Um, you know, if they, you know, don't have something in their system, they know how to get it uh, and where the best source of that thing is. Um, whereas we're not so, in, uh, you know, naturally inclined, which is why I kind of like the only problem is you've still got a translation issue of how are you getting the information out because you're going to want that information. Well, the sensory net, sensory net of animals is a lot sharper than humans and, and people mistake that because they think about, oh, well, a dog and a cat, they can smell so much, or they can see in this and that and that range and blah, 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 blah. But actually, you've got to think about, think about when humans lose certain senses and other ones become heightened. Actually, the big thing that makes one human, your conscious mind, your consciousness and your intelligence is actually, hence why meditation is one of those things that they will rave about and quieting that is the bit that stops you from pushing further with other things the fact that you've got such a busy brain means that all of this input a lot of it is just getting ignored um or is static if you are picking it up because um, it's prioritizing on emotion um, yeah. or feeling uh, or, which is why sociopaths not... are brilliant <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, but yes, anyway, you were supposed to give your answer. So Was I? I can't remember I was supposed to give my answer. I said that I would go for, what What was the question? Sorry, I've forgotten. You, you suggested an Im immuno response and then you went, oh, we should go in another direction um, to give you an alternative. And you never did. We got distracted by other concepts. Is this for taking down that big bad organisation? Yes. I I like there's a there's a an, an ancient concept, Chris, that you're familiar with, I know, and that I'm sure our listeners would also be familiar with, and it's this idea of divide and rule, divide and conquer. Mm -hmm. British people are very good at doing this. <laughs> we yes. have a history of it. Um but I like infighting. So I like the idea of having with the autoimmune is that it attacks itself. And this is why I quite like, to a certain extent, there was this Netflix show um, called House of Cards, the American version. I've watched the British version as well, okay. but the American version that went on for several series, it was all underhanded dodginess. 
um, and intelligent people one-upping each other and screwing each other over. And within a corrupt and disgusting organisation, very often it's not too difficult to set a few things up for them to start turning on each other. And then if you add a little bit of pressure from the outside, really all you're doing is you're stopping all of these cretins from ganging up together to fight the pressure from outside. And actually you're talking about having them all try to defend themselves. So within that kind of idea, when the body attacks itself, you're talking about all of the things, the body that has its power, all of its power is actually being channeled into destroying parts of itself, which for people not familiar with autoimmune diseases and things like that, you could probably put it as simply as, imagine every single one of your limbs tried to, to rip off or hurt other parts of your limbs. Your right hand tries to break your left hand. Your foot tries to gouge out your right eye with one of its toes, all of these sorts of things. Imagine all of that, quite amusing, until really, like a building on fire, it will just collapse, the roof just collapses eventually. When there's so much destruction, it's not that there is any one person left standing, because that doesn't happen within an organisation like this, because organisations are required to have multiple limbs. You know, if one person is trying to survive the fire, what happens is you might be the last person left, but then very soon after the whole roof collapses on you and you're buried alive. Um, but there we go. I like that approach, and I would want to. I would want to see it. So it would be something that would be drawn out from me because it would be like a soap opera, which is what I presume. That's what people get. Things like Coronation Street and EastEnders and Hollyoaks, and that you get to see this because it's not stuff that you really are shocked by, is it? You know where the storyline's going to end, but it's fun to watch. And I'm, I suppose, a voyeur of destruction. One of the reasons why I chose to incarnate here. <laughs> but that's quite super witch so i better not go any further with that we can talk about that on uh, one of those special hours that we do for tier two I don't know what you mean yeah one of those ones which uh, i suddenly forgot what we were even talking about but there we go we got 10 minutes left where else do we want to go with uh, clean clean magic clean opera operations and stuff like that have we learned i missed that last bit repeat that have last we left bit. anything out i mean we've we've got um sacred cleanliness we've got um incognito magic and hiding oneself and removing one's energetic signature we've also got the idea of structure and it being clean because it's not some shanty town of a structure yeah. um but is there anything else that you could apply clean magic to well the only bit i know it's going to be slightly super witchy but the only part i want to kind of push a little bit further is just kind of getting people aware um that Although everyone is focusing on the astral and how quickly they can fucking get there at the minute. Yeah. Um, 
that only opens up one layer of a many, many layered cake or whatever you want to call it, something with layers. Um, well, it's one of the layers of the <laughs> onion, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but it's one of them. Uh, the, the astral is actually one of the closest ones, which is why you can get there accidentally. Um, just as easily as you can get there with real effort. Um, so, but actually starting to consider what those what those layers are and there are layers of clean that would happen in terms of more what we were talking about from incognito and probably we'll leave that for when we do that one but the there are layers of it that are more direct practice as mm. in there Things so it's basically the essentially what you're talking about i think from a super witch perspective is limiting the amount of effort the higher yeah. up you go yeah. you only got to do something slight and then it just yeah. filters down in miraculously huge ways is that where you're going with that yeah i'm kind i'm talking about kind of terminal velocity mm. that kind of dropping a penny off the empire state building um and it reaching its perfect level yeah of energy before it hits the ground um and not you know uh, yes <laughs> you're more likely to kill someone with a single penny than you are the bag uh, because the per terminal velocity of the the bigger object means it will slow to get to a point that is slower than something that is small and therefore can move um so that kind of concept of actually considering actually small amounts of work from a high enough point will get you a much cleaner finish than necessarily having this huge working that you drop from the next level up. Yeah, there there's a reason why I think a lot of gods and such are are often depicted as being giants. And yeah. to a certain extent, it's not just the fact that, oh, they're hugely powerful. What it is, is when you have a giant is like a bull in a china shop, the slightest move has yeah. huge impacts <laughs> because it's so easy. It's micro movements, but micro movements that have a massive ripple effect. Yeah. You moved around too quickly and you knocked a universe off the shelf and it shattered on the floor type thing. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why, obviously, it ain't that easy. You've got to build up to that. Because if it was that easy for everyone to access that sort of energy, then let's be fair, <laughs> this universe would have gone kaput a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I also think that that perspective from that height um, is something that people don't think about enough in no. their kind of often practice because what they're actually thinking is oh well just to kind of go full circle back to what you said at the beginning which is you know you so mighty witch why are you not doing good things is that part of there are no such thing as kind of to a certain extent small changes when you're dealing with that level of those level of of issues uh you know a giant turning around and knocking a universe out of 
sink uh, or out of existence is is where you're starting to consider which means actually no movement and no spell casting is often where we start because actually it's a case that actually I probably shouldn't touch those things um I should probably not touch those things over there either um rather than going you know every everything I want I'm going to do a spell for which is where people start off at the beginning of their journey often is because they're using small amounts of energy small amounts of magics and those don't have as far a reaching ripple ethics and i'm gonna say something super witchy and i'm 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 gonna be interested to see how many people truly get this right you can possibly guess how many people will get this i'd be interested to know how many people truly get this ethics and morality ethics in particular have glass ceilings because with layers of power in terms of getting bigger we use a, a kind of scale of height and levels like that the further up you go the less ethical kind of human type ethics you have because it really doesn't matter yeah and the thing is the level in which you're working at and I mean for specific operations, but it was also mirrored on a person's, a magical practitioner's ability to how high they have, let's say, ascended, um, often is displayed in their ethics. Um, but in terms of the working level, all of this low magic, very ethical, very moral a lot of the time, because it takes a certain amount of effort and there's big change that you're visibly watching. But when you go up a couple of rungs of the ladder, you kind of have to think and you will when you combine when you when you ascend to that level, it's difficult to to describe. You are operating at that level and you see things on that level. Because you see things on that level, it's very difficult to get upset about someone dropping a crisp packet on the floor when you're on the other side of the solar system because you wouldn't even notice it. Mm -hmm. And this is reflected for anyone that's worked with higher level spirits because Saturn's a good example of that. Saturn's got a considerable amount of power to do all sorts of things, and yet Saturn never really uses it, you'll notice. You know, you could pretty much go, and people often do petition Saturnian spirits for anything, because realistically, they can, they've got a lot of power, so they can do anything. But the perspective of that type of spirit, on the level that they're operating on, the things that you're asking are so tiny that it's not worth its time. It doesn't even factor into it. This is why a lot of magicians and magical practitioners often go on and on about using lower vibration spirits and not ethical lower vibration. We're talking lower vibration as in down here because they see things on that level. Their change is on that level. Um, People might have to mull that one over. 
The only other thing I'm going to say with regards to uh, clean spell working and cleanliness is actually malfunction in manifestations, because that's something that you see. And the craft of um, the beauty of the crafting not only is how a machine operates, but how it functions, how it gets the job done. And cleanliness could be seen as if you decide to throw that dart at the bullseye, it lands on the bloody bullseye. It doesn't land close to the bullseye, it actually lands on the bullseye. And a lot of people will just try to hit it, get it to hit the dartboard. They might be aiming for the bullseye, but they're just glad that it hit the dartboard. That's what you see with most forms of magic. Actually, clean magic could be seen as scalpel, not mace. Yeah. As in scalpel of a surgeon very tactically perfect um and manifesting in the way the exact way you wanted it and that's a, that's such an art form to get that done requires a great amount of understanding um which is why in clause five that we talked about removing yes. points for collateral damage well i mean these witch wars fives they do all build up don't they? They're stepping stones, as I think a certain person that was on our podcast last week hinted at. Some people see that, others don't. Some people, I would imagine, think that we just sit down and pluck random ideas out. Mm. But in reality, of course, a magical practitioner that is seeking to get better and better needs to master certain skills, and some skills come before other skills. Huh. Anyway, I think we should just leave it there and they can go and think about all the things that we've just said. I'd think about them too, but I can't remember what we've said, so I might have to re-listen to this at some point in the future. Right. Yeah, why not? I was I was going to add one more comment from uh, from earlier, but okay. it's fine. They can come back and they can they can think it through. Okay. All right, well, Chris isn't willing to entertain you anymore, so <laughs> it's time to go. So goodbye, everyone, and have a nice week.